0: Daddy Squared, the Gay Dad podcast with Elf Megan and Young Megan.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Squared Around the World. We're Uh, recording
0: this at 8 o'clock in the morning and I have to admit that I'm looking at Jan and he he has his robe on right now and it's going to be a slow start.
1: Is it really? I don't think so. Alex, how many times do we have to say the word no? Our kids are at this age where everything that they do is designed to really... Do something that is wrong. I remember. No, like,
0: don't do that. No. Why are you touching that? Don't pull on that. Why would you hit that? Yeah. like I that. guess
1: it's like because there are two boys, and I remember that it's at exist. them. You think? No, I just felt like saying sexist.
0: Every now and then, it's good in society. Just when I I
1: was a little boy, I just wanted to play with Barbies, but they don't. They just want to jump and, you know, hit things and play weapons and stuff, which I don't know where they learn from, by the The way. The weapon
0: thing, yeah. We don't allow them to have like fake guns or anything that comes anywhere near that, but it doesn't stop them from like you know pointing a pen at yes. each other and saying i have a weapon
1: this week i i told adam like in a moment of insanity yes everything that you think about doing just think to yourself abba says no <laughs> yes it's like don't it's like, move it's
0: like you give them a, a prophylactic no at the beginning of the day just look whatever you've got here's your no just assume the answer is
1: no Yeah, it's bad. Daddy
0: Squared.
1: Daddy Squared around the world. Each episode we visit a different country. Today we visit Sweden. And Alex, you know what I feel about Sweden. I do. I know a lot. But I don't think our audience knows much about how you feel about Sweden. It's rated R. It's actually rated X.
0: Well, it's rated X, but you also have certain feelings about the country with respect to
1: uh, your vision. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, Our guest today is Thomas Tobey. It's kind of rhymes. Uh, Swedish politicians uh, who has been serving as a member of the European Parliament. He's also going to explain to us what does that mean. <laughs> okay, and now some facts about Sweden. Yeah,
0: just one thing, just for those of you who are listening, it's now like some crazy early hour of the morning. And on a Monday. On a Monday, and I'm sweaty. I know it's sexy, and I'm. We're replacing the segment that we had recorded prior about Sweden. Why? Because due to a certain clerical <laughs> error, all of the information we had first provided about Sweden was actually about <clears throat> France. But we don't need to talk about that. Forget I even said it. Tell us a little bit about Sweden, won't you, Jan? So it was fun- It
1: was gonna blend smoothly to the. No, to I the don't want to. No, no. We're
0: all about honesty and transparency
1: on this uh, podcast. And thank you for those who uh, actually pointed out. Um, so Sweden was founded in the early 12th century.
0: Yeah, now. Now we're talking.
1: <laughs> and the population is 10.4 uh, million mm-hmm. at the end of uh, 2020, which is uh, almost like our followers on Instagram. <laughs> Excellent. And the course, is corona. What's that? Oh, it's Pro- the corona. not corona. <laughs> corona.
0: <laughs> and not Cronut for those of you from New York. it's a different thing. but wait a minute. so they, they don't the euro is not their main currency. How interesting.
1: Yes, I know uh, they, they had a story there. They, yeah they, they, they have a, an option to really join ah. the euro or not. It was an option and they decided oh, for, okay. to hold it off. for you now When you have a, you have a currency name like Krona,
0: how can you let go? Go ahead, what else you got for us
1: And national food is Canel boule. I don't know how to say it. It's actually mashed potatoes and spicy meatballs and creamy gravy. Right. Well, of course, we knew about the meatballs, right? Really? Did we? Yeah. I don't
0: know. So, look, just very quickly, and I don't know whether Jan will cut this out and edit, but um, several years ago, there was a bit of a scandal because the Ikea's in the United States. um, It turns out- No, don't say it. It it, it turns out there was mm, some non-cow, non-pig, non-chicken meat in their a pet meat well a very very big
1: pet if you have okay, a stable stop it. but the point stop is, it no <laughs> it's not i illegal. don't want to hear it's that. not illegal and they and they up. <laughs> you know that the average age in i'm going back to the facts. i mean knowing that okay um average age in sweden 41.2 years old wow
0: well i mean they're gonna have to make more babies
1: uh, yeah, I guess in so. In fact, that might be related a little bit to the topic of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, but uh, before before we go to the interview, three things you didn't know come from Sweden, mm-hmm. okay? Bluetooth uh, in uh, 1989. Yes. Well, zipper. They were, they were actually huge in cellular Sweden. Yeah. So. yeah. Zipper. What do you 19- mean the zipper? The zipper was invented in Sweden. In what year? 1913.
0: no. Okay. That information is incorrect. Who amongst our listeners knows who invented the zipper? Benjamin
1: Franklin, baby. How do I know this? He couldn't keep it up. Go on. And uh, GPS was invented by Hakan Lanz, which sounds like IKEA's bed or something. (laughs) Well, everything Swedish they, Because like- the A is like with a circle right. above it, so it's it looks like Swedish. Right. Uh, by the way, they also invented Skype and Minecraft, just so you know. Wow. Um, in Israel, by the way, you know that uh, plumber wrench, the actual word for it is Swedish key? Oh, that's interesting. It was invented in oh, okay. okay. All right. Okay. Whereas uh, the zipper was not. All Go right. Um, just so you know, Sweden won six times in Eurovision Sound Contest. Uh-huh. And Jan predicts that in the next three years, they're going to win again. Ooh. And that's going to be a full record, seven times. You've now. heard it here. All the right. the that you care. <laughs> so now to our talk with Thomas. Alex, let's get on the plane.
0: <laughs> God, that sounds like such a great fantasy, doesn't it? it starts your engine. Oh, you're going to do it. We're
2: going to Sweden!
0: So, good evening. This is Thomas. Hi, and Thomas. Uh, this is Alex. And this is Jan. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today.
2: Thank you.
1: And uh, It's
0: yeah.
2: great to have the opportunity, I must say.
1: So, I just read that being gay was kind of legalized in 1944, which is like, I think it's one of the first countries to legalize being gay.
2: Uh, well, yeah, in a way, but it, I think it was in the—it was actually in the 70s when it wasn't like um, uh, like identified as a disease, actually, because that was one of the uh, one of the big events in Sweden where that a lot of gay people went to the to the stairs of uh, the Swedish national authority uh, and demanded basically the. Uh, the chief to come down and explain uh, why it was considered to be a, be, to be a disease. And uh, she's very famous in Sweden. Her name is Barbro Westerholm. Uh, and she was, uh, I don't know the English word for it, perhaps like director general or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and she and she came down to the stairs and basically declared that it was not a disease anymore. Uh, and she's actually now elected to the Swedish parliament. Uh, she's about eight years old, a really cool woman. Um Fantastic person.
1: When So you, you have kids. Yes.
2: Well let,
0: Can we start out? Can you tell us a little bit about okay, your, your okay. family and yeah. what you have?
2: Well, uh, I'm uh, married uh, to uh, my husband, Marcus, and we have uh, two twins, seven years old, uh, Olivia and uh, Oscar. And, uh, well, basically we're living a very suburban life (laughs) outside uh, the main city, Stockholm, uh, in Sweden, in a a small society called Tiruse. But I have to say that I'm really thankful uh, to the United States uh, for giving us the opportunity to actually have Oscar and Olivia, because uh, we got them through a surrogacy surrogacy process uh, in the US. And uh, that was, uh, of course, uh, for us, something that we are really, really grateful for today.
0: And why, why did you come to the United States to do it?
2: Well, in Sweden, it's still uh, it's not legal uh, to have a surrogacy process in, in any way. Uh, and basically the door to kind of have adoption. Adoption for gay couples are still, I mean, has been legal uh, for many, many years, but uh, it's not easy. Uh, it's very, very rare. Uh, so then you kind of had different options, and I mean, uh, I know a lot of my friends have tried to find arrangements, of course, with the friends and other couples and try to solve it that way. But for us, it was important to, uh, in a way, try to find um, to create a family uh, in a different way uh, where we kind of felt that we had like 100% responsibility uh, of the children. And then we kind of uh, looked up different alternatives. And for us, US was the best one uh, because uh, we worked with an agency that had been doing it for for many, many years. And uh, they were really cautious in making sure that uh, the surrogate uh, was a person that was not in any kind of financial need. And, and, And so we had a... We had a great experience. Uh, yeah. You know, it was uh, it was fantastic.
0: And you said that was uh, seven years ago. Do you know whether any policies have changed in
2: any significant way since then? Uh, basically, it hasn't. Uh, there was, I mean, this is very debated in Sweden, uh, surrogacy. Uh, you know, on, the, uh, on one hand, you kind of have, I would say... Uh, both kind of uh, coming from the political left, but also kind of from, the, um, from a lot of uh, the churches and so on, basically claiming that this is the, the matter of, uh, you know, you should not be able to uh, have a surrogacy, this is about protecting women, uh, that is the one-hand argument. And of course, on the the other side, uh, you kind of have the argument of if it is a choice uh, of the woman and if you can have it in a good way, in an orderly process, well, then it should be fine. And in Sweden, it's been a very progressive country when it comes to kind of uh, gay marriage, gay adoption, uh, I would say the values in society. But when it comes to surrogacy, it's not going forward.
0: Understood. Uh, the
2: last proposal that was debated in Sweden was basically that they should try to find uh, a ban for a Swedish couple going abroad during <laughs> surrogacy.
1: So it's, it make it They'll even make worse. It worse. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. So, so that was actually, you know, basically that the authorities should do big, do like big advertising everywhere, saying, you know, if you go to US or if you go to India, you know, we will come for your children. Basically, it was really. A horrible debate, uh, but that was uh, stopped finally. But I don't see it happening, to be honest. It's it's going to be, I mean, at least another 10 years. Something needs to happen, like in the political debate about it.
0: Now, do I understand, forgive me if I'm m- misinformed, are you in the European government in, in your work?
1: Oh,
2: yeah yeah uh, well uh, well I'm a politician uh, yes since, since many years so I mean I was uh, 13 years uh, elected to the uh, to the Swedish Parliament but uh, since 2019 uh, I'm elected to uh, the European Parliament and that is if you if you would look at Europe as where the member states are states basically this should be the congress then right I would say right so it's like but I mean of course in Europe, each member state would never accept <laughs> me calling them like a state like in the US, but, uh, I can, a way, a, so- I can assure
0: you that there were a few States of the United States union who feel the same way. <laughs> uh, but I, what the, but I did want to specifically ask this question, which is, um, in Europe, uh, uh, and, and within the policies of the European union, is it completely, completely, um, Uh, mute on the subject of rules regarding surrogacy, etc., and allowed to be defined completely independently from country to country? Or is there some kind of a a standard across Europe of any kind?
2: No. Basically, still still it is country by country, but it is uh, debated. Uh, I mean, uh, but I would say it's um it's like um, it's debated in the same way, like, let's be take another sensitive topic like abortion, for example, right. uh, which could be very highly debatable. Uh, but that is still the competence of each member state. So, I mean, but, but what you see at European level when it comes to these kind of issues is that we are always trying to kind of push for some. Minimum standard, you know, uh, because uh, we are becoming more and more integrated. Uh, And of course, when it comes to, for example, uh, protection for LGBTI people, that is a big question in Europe. Uh, And we have been quite successful the last couple of years because we have some countries in Europe that are having a real backlash, like in Hungary and in Poland, Europe. And basically now, what we're saying to them is that if you don't respect LGBTI people, well, then you will not uh, then you will not get EU funding either. You know, right. so that kind of thing is happening. Uh, but when it comes to questions more specific like surrogacy, abortion, that is still the rights of of each member states to decide. To what extent?
0: I, oh I'm so sorry My no, husband I'm, just gave me a look You could die from the look he just gave me So I think I'll let him talk
1: for a minute Go ahead I, I just want to follow up on that Go ahead I'm so nice on air Yeah No one sees the eyes Go ahead I want you to uh, expand uh, expand a little bit about that Because I read you also There's also like a parliament intergroup for LGBT people That you're a member of in Europe so when you hear about things like what happens in Poland right now, I read that they're really they're they're actually against uh, gay men having kids in general, or you know what happens in Russia, which I I no no need to explain. Um, is there anything that you guys do as, as a continent to uh, to make things better for gay people there?
2: Well, what we do in a way with the LGBTI group, I mean we we act. I would say more like activists than politicians in that group. You know, it's a lot about like uh, sending letters, uh, about uh, raising money for civil organization, uh, those kind of actions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I would say when it comes to the policymaking, uh, the, the good news is that the broad majority in Europe and also in the European Parliament are pro uh, LGBTI rights. So it's, it's quite easy to get political support and try to push the countries. And it has been, I mean, the last, I would say, 15 years has been so successful. The problems are raising now. And it's a new phenomenon for us because, you know, we never thought it could have uh, such a big backlash that we see now. Mm. Um, so in a way, we are kind of regrouping. Uh, but our new tool is basically money. <laughs> Because uh, we know that money talks and for many of these countries, they are uh, receiving a lot of funds and they are dependent on them. And of course, it is important because we want them to have a a good life and uh, have economic growth and wealth and everything. But we have kind of stopped just uh, sending resolutions and asking them for things and, and now basically saying... You have to respect rule of law, uh, you have to respect minorities, uh, you have to respect LGBTI rights, otherwise you will not get any funding. And, I, and this is going to make, I think, a huge change. It's going to be a lot of conflict. Um, we're going to go to court, I think, many, many times during the coming years. But it will be worth it, because what we see in these countries is of course that they are trying to use lgbti people like uh, uh, basically a group to kind of win elections on Uh, in poland for example the government had huge problems with the economy which usually is a big problem for a government but then they kind of put the question of you know what, what what do you think should be the normal family in poland and made that the main issue of the campaign and that was something new you know I haven't seen that before, and uh, it was also very hard for the opposition to kind of tackle it. Um, uh, They were very, very close uh, to win that election, but... uh, This is, I mean, you have to to work on on all fronts.
0: The LGBT community in the United States uh, had a huge amount to do with Donald Trump's success, Um, unfortunately. I think that there is a kind of a triggering effect that the LGBT world has that is stronger than that of race, uh, stronger than that of religion. Uh, It has a tendency to really push people's buttons in a, a very... Uh, unfortunate and effective, you know, political way, and that and that brings me to to this question. So, surrogacy can be framed as an a, a woman's issue, right? A woman's rights and an exploitation issue, and which is something that I've seen as being done uh, in Europe and has been done in the United States. Is there reality to the idea that the anti surrogacy issue is? not purely a homophobic issue and is uh, broader than that in its nature or is it just kind of a what we call a, a fig leaf in that it's not Really about the woman's rights, but uh, but it's framed that way. When underneath, it's a homophobic issue.
2: I mean, it's a very interesting question. I mean, I would say that is a broader question. My experience is that, uh, of course, uh, many people can kind of uh, accept that. Uh, I mean, it, it should be the choice of the of the woman, you know. But for many, of course, they will never take the decision to, to carry a child for someone else. Uh, to be honest i mean uh, most women would not make that decision perhaps you would make that decision for your sister or something like that uh, and then it's a, an easier question to kind of uh, head on to but i think that it's it's a lack of knowledge i would say i mean if you if you take uh, our example uh, our surrogate i mean she was Married uh, to a Catholic man, they had uh, three kids. Uh, they lived in a very nice home <laughs> in uh, in Houston, Arizona. Um, and for her, this was, you know, a, a way of uh, a way of helping. You know, she's that kind of person, and she was also a person that was, to be honest, um, she liked to be pregnant. You know, and that's the argument, of course, that I have very hard to kind of to understand. You know. But I mean, I know her today, so I know that she's not she's not lying to me. I mean, that's her yeah. opinion. And you know, if you get knowledge of the process, and if you have, if everything is um, is professional, well, then you won't have problems. But of course, you also have to be honest about that of course there are uh, surrogacy arrangements that are not uh, good and perfect and then of course you will have to talk about that and you will have to find a way to to regulate it of course to take away uh, any problems that you that you might have but 90% of the surrogacies in Sweden now are done by straight couples Mm -hmm. so now it's not a gay issue anymore in Sweden Is becoming much more broad. And then then you see a lot of uh, articles, of course, of families telling their story. And I think that is basically the best way to kind of make that shift uh, in the question. Um, But of course, it will always be debated, for sure.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about uh, your experience as gay dad. But just before that, um, uh, when you came to Sweden with the babies from the U.S., did they the authorities made any problems of giving them Swedish um, citizenship?
2: Well, um, during that time, it was very problematic um, because basically, um, when I, in the U.S., you could kind of uh, you could go to court and you could settle everything uh, on U.S. soil. Um, we could get passports, so we could uh, take a flight back home to Sweden, but. Uh, What we needed was basically uh, for our kids, uh, basically um, from Swedish authorities, they don't consider the children uh, of being linked to us. Even if we could kind of show them uh, court papers, DNA and all those kind of things, they are basically considered to be migrants uh, coming to Sweden. Uh, so that was a bit uh, that is a bit problematic. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when we got to the airport, you know, we were a bit nervous, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but basically, you know, I said they are visiting Sweden. Uh, the mother are back in US. I am the father, you know. And then they said, okay, come in, you know. But then uh, after that, you have uh, serious problems like um, because. You are not legally their parents, so it's yeah. a bit, you know, it's very hard if you would like to get like medicine, if you would like to visit uh, healthcare, care, all those kind of things. Uh, if you need parental leave, uh, all those kind of things are uh, still problematic in Sweden. I heard that there are, I mean, things are improving in a way. But it's more improving in, you know, finding the right connections with different authorities uh, to make it happen. And you have specialized agencies today in Sweden working with this. Um, so, I mean, hopefully things, I, I do know that things have improved uh, from, I mean, and we were in a, I mean, in a strong position, you know. Uh, I mean, I was elected to the Swedish parliament and I had, I mean, good opportunities to be in this situation. But, um, but I mean, for, I know for many couples, it's been very problematic and you also kind of have to go through some, you know, um, uh, for my husband to become the legal father, uh, we had to kind of go through an adoption uh, process that took like nine months. Mm and then you kind of have to sit down with uh, the Swedish authorities and convince them that we are a couple, you know, and everything and that we are stable guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, and wow. that is for someone who's not used to being in that situation, it it it's, it's not pleasant.
0: I can only imagine going through that when you have newborn babies. I would
2: say that even if the laws are strict and perhaps not the public opinion is in favor of surrogacy, once the children are there, uh, people are very, I would say, acceptive, you know. Sweden is a very you know, liberal society. Um, you know, we are we are very like a secular uh, country, in a way, of course. We respect uh, religious beliefs, and of course people have that, but Sweden is very, you know, uh, we're very liberal in, in many ways. But, I mean, I have helped, I mean, I have like I think I have like 10 couples after us uh, that have done the same journey you know people that I know. Yeah. So I mean it's it's becoming very common and uh, so people pushing. reach out to
1: you because they know your story and you, they know that uh, because you're a public yeah, figure. Yeah yeah
2: yeah. Of course, uh, of course. But I mean, I would say Sweden is good in the way that perhaps sometimes you know people can make fun of Sweden, you know, because in in Sweden we even we even have like uh kindergartens where you know you don't use the word mom or dad. Yes, oh. you, you understand what I'm saying. Oh yes. yes. It's, 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 yeah. uh, <laughs> so I mean, we, we are in a bit extreme in that way. It's it's not politically correct to be honest to to say something bad about gay parents. Right, that will get you into, into troubles, basically.
0: It, it, it's fascinating that those two things can exist at the same time. You can have a culture which is so supportive and embracing of the LGBT world, and yet, at the same time, becoming a, a parent is as difficult as it is.
1: What have been your biggest challenge as a parent during these past seven years? The reason why I ask that is that because our our twins are five and we have like this uh, thinking that, you know, with ages six and seven, it becomes easier.
2: It will get easier, I would say, at six and seven in a way that they are a bit more responsible. Uh, But, you know, um, you will, they will get an even stronger mind of their own. So... It will be. It will not get easier. I'm sorry to say. In general, <laughs> they are today. Uh, if I would like to have like a uh, like a kiss from my son, I have to beg him for like <laughs> three weeks. Yeah, that is a new reality, you know. Right.
1: So what's I mean, the What's uh, the toughest year, to your opinion, that for, so far?
2: Um, I would say like two. I think when they were two really? years old. Wasn't that like a, what I remember then was like, it was very like, you. Would, the only thing that you were doing were like chasing, chasing them, you know? <laughs> you went home to people to kind of to meet up and then you took the children. So it's going to be like family nice. But the only thing you did was like chasing your own yeah. kids, you know? Right. Uh, you could never, like, sit down for 30 seconds and have a decent conversation with your friends. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, no,
0: we, no friend, no Yeah, socialize. we gave up on that a long time ago. Um, <laughs> there, There is a, a very important, uh, silly portion of our uh, yeah. of our interview that okay. we would Thank like you. to uh, follow, uh, finish <laughs> up with. Um, uh, the first is, and, you know, we know that you're an important member of government, and that's why we're going to ask you these silly questions. What is the first solid food that you gave your kids?
2: Must have been spaghetti.
0: You went straight to spaghetti. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't judge.
0: i no, no. I'm not. I'm actually so yeah. impressed. You know. <laughs> nice. um, okay. Uh, that's that's very interesting. You, uh, with with uh, red sauce, like what kind of spaghetti?
2: No, like spaghetti
0: bolognese. You know? Bolognese. Oh. Oh, wow. Uh, yes, okay.
2: Force 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 them to like it. You know. That's they great.
0: Really, really, We're yeah. s- we're still fighting with that do you have from your family or from your uh husband's family any uh cold or fever remedies that have been passed down that you guys uh, uh are instructed by your parents to use for your kids no <laughs> right just straight to the straight to the pharmaceuticals huh
2: yeah, i mean yeah you know in sweden yeah 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 in sweden it's like uh you know you just give them a pill and everything will be fine <laughs> That's the swedish way you know uh I know that in U.S., you know, uh, you, you have a big debate about pharmaceuticals in, in general, I think. Uh, in Sweden, we don't have that debate at all.
0: There's think. not much of a debate. P- a few people in Los Angeles and New York talk about it, and everybody else just
1: uses the pill. What did you miss the most during the pandemic?
2: Oh, I mean, with with the trips. Uh, I mean, we were we had a last summer. We were going to Florida. Uh, we're gonna take them to Disney World. Um, um, so, I mean, I mean, the trips, of course. Yeah. Uh, in general, I would say I think that is. Um, I mean, and for us, you know, we we decided uh, when we got kids that, I mean, at least once a year. Uh, You know we go on one big family vacation Mm -hmm. but also we go on one big vacation without the kids
0: yeah
2: and that has been a tradition that we have done every year uh and that is something that i'm really missing because you need that
0: uh, i love that tradition to survive (laughs) I love that tradition, and and Jan and I are going to have a long talk after after we're finished yeah, this recording. Definitely. Um, our final question is: we'll with, Save without, the best for last. With, yeah, without question, the most important one, and and it will relate very closely to something that Jan cares uh, dearly so about. Deeply. Yes. Can you give us the name of a gay icon from your country that you think the whole world needs to know about if they don't already?
2: It has to be a person called uh, Krister Björkman uh, and he is kind of uh, the manager of the Eurovision Song Contest uh, Mm. from from Sweden uh, but he's also basically ruling uh, the European Song Contest. Sweden is uh, a country that, I mean, over half of the population sits down every saturday uh, oh, no. to watch uh this uh show
1: i'm show. moving to sweden uh, that's that's it <laughs>
2: and that, and i was that gonna
1: say like, charlotte pirelli like,
2: it's very political uh the music is great uh and i would say by but i mean it's it's really the good thing is i mean it's really run by uh, gay people it's for gay people but everybody loves it
0: right yeah. so it's yeah.
2: very you know it's. I mean, it's. It's been. It's been fantastic during. Uh, during um, the years, and actually, this person that I mentioned, Krista Bjorkman, yeah, uh, who is a gay man, of course, living in Sweden, uh, 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 very, uh, very famous, though, because when he was, uh, when he was young, he was living in New York and was one of the kind of inner circle of Studio 54. And he loves mm. to tell that story. Oh wow. Us. <laughs> uh, but uh, and, and he's actually now after 20 years he's quitting this is his last year and his dream now is to create this big project in the US Right, the American Song Contest uh, compete uh, um, uh, against each other uh, and he's going to make this TV show and of course you have uh, I mean you have a lot of TV shows about like Idol and those kind of things but this is going to be something different and uh, I would be surprised if he's not successful. I mean, he's he's publicly speaking about it, so probably the funding is already there. Right. So that's going to uh, be interesting for you.
0: Well, Jan, Jan is a little bit disappointed that your selection was not Charlotte Pirelli. This family has a very special
2: oh, craziness
0: about Charlotte yeah. Pirelli. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom, she is too young, young. She's so young. Uh, Thomas, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. This was great.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great uh, talking to you guys.
1: I'm moving to Sweden, that's all. That's all I have to say.
2: Okay. Yeah, you should. Thank you. And, and seriously, if you ever decide to do like a European vacation and if you're coming to uh, Stockholm, you should come to Stockholm. Stockholm yes. is a really great city. Um, I also live in Brussels uh, when I'm in Parliament. So I mean, just reach out and I can help you like with connection. And would love to meet you guys. Oh, that's oh, lovely. lovely. Thank, thank
1: you so much. And Charlotte Pirelli. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thank
0: you so much. Okay.
2: Bye-bye. Take care, guys. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Okay. Three things that I want to do in Sweden. Yeah. First one is Charlotte Pirelli. You want to do her? I want to do her. Okay. I don't care. Like she's Charlotte, amazing. baby, call us. And by the way, I'm pretty amazed that I didn't mention Alcazar. You know how I'm, I'm obsessed with that band? It's also from Sweden.
0: You know, we have many, many listeners um, in Europe and in other places, but most of our listeners are in the United States. And in the United States, nobody gives a damn about what you're talking about. Well, I'm just
1: saying it. I'm just saying it.
0: Okay. By the way, Charlotte Pirelli, though she's no longer a spring chicken, she's got a smoking body.
1: Smoking. And she looks a little bit like John Rivers. Uh, From the neck up.
0: But I'm saying the body is smoking.
1: All right. Let's look about options for gay men in Sweden. Uh, Surrogacy. Yes, it's illegal, but, you know, it's doable. I mean, people do it outside of of Sweden. Right, sure. And come back. It's a little. Also, like in France, it's. um, less of a problem to come back with a with the kids, but it costs a lot of money. Sure. Um, adoption and foster care. Lucky for Sweden, there's not a lot of kids to adopt. So right. most of the adoptions are international. Domestic adoptions are rare. Um, and by the way, the first uh, international. Well, with a
0: population that's 42 years old, it means that they're not having a lot of kids.
1: No, I'm serious. I I read that the first uh, international ad- adoption in Sweden happened in. 2017. So it's it's just starting right now. I don't know like what's going on with that, but it's worth uh, trying and look, look for. I read that. Aye. Sorry, Wikipedia says. Um, also, very few same se- same-sex couples have been able to adopt, partly because of the limited limited access to foreign organizations that accept same-sex adopters. Sure. One other thing that you can do is shared parenting. Um, the only problem with that is that previously shared parenting arrangement has been relatively common because uh, lesbian couples and gay couples do it, did it together. But right. since lesbian couples gra- gained access to uh, uh, IVF, basically, in Swedish healthcare, they typically choose to raise the kids by, their, by yeah. themselves. So um, So now shared parenting should be... That straight woman who says to you, "When we get to get to forty, I want to have kids if I don't have a husband."
0: Mm. It's so nice that the homosexual man can provide such a service. But listen, I, I actually want to talk about this co-parenting thing for a second. Um, I use this podcast sometimes to do a bit of a confession about how I, uh, how how unwoke I am. You know, um, I utterly embrace the idea that uh, some of the people we we've been talking to are part of co-parenting situations where there are you know three or even four parents involved and they really do do this together but i have to admit that the thought of it for me i, I just can't get my head around it you know it's there's so much complexity associated with two people having a child right as you and i do and there are all these kind of Thoughts that go through your head about the way your relationship is with this child or that child, etc. And then all of a sudden to add a third or a fourth and they don't all live in the same house. That all
1: seems so confusing to me and I'm amazed that people are making it work. Well, like we heard in previous podcasts that we did about that. uh, It's a lot about... It's a lot of talking about everything, basically. You have to anticipate everything and make a good contract. Yeah. Um, organizations in Sweden, RFSL, Swedish Federation for Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender, right? They have a whole section about parenting and all the options. So if you want to go there, you can uh, look it up. It's going to be on our website, daddysqr.com slash Sweden. And I think now we're ready for the um, Menavin Babies Corner, Alex.
0: Now. Yeah, and we're going to talk about uh, international surrogacy and what effect it has on citizenship. Uh, you know, as we've discussed in this podcast over the over multiple seasons, surrogacy is expensive enough as it is. Add to that the fact that many people end up doing surrogacy across national borders, and you have these additional layers of complexity when kids come back across the border with you, and you have to figure out what to do about their citizenship.
1: Yeah, and it also uh, relates to uh, couples who are bi bi-national, like us, basically. Yeah, except
0: that you were a United States citizen before we had
1: the kids. But if still, we're, we're bi-national. Okay. Like, if you want to move to Israel.
0: Oh, right. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah.
1: Maybe a lot of more gay men are bi-national than, than straight people. You think that's Is what bi means? <laughs> 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 all right, let's go to Lisa.
3: This is MHB Kern. Cool. The subject of parentage and citizenship is a really specialized subject. For example, can both dads be listed on the birth certificate, or will they need to have a copy that lists the surrogate on there? Can the surrogate be married, or does she need to be unmarried? I know I'm certainly not an expert on all of these nuances, and I expect most parents going through the process aren't experts either. And that's why it's really important to speak with other people who have gone through the process in a similar way. Understanding what worked well for them and maybe what didn't work so well can help people avoid some common pitfalls. Also, establishing a great professional team is really critical. People are probably going to work with more lawyers than they've ever worked with before. But having a lawyer where your baby is born in your country of residence and potentially any other country where you hope to establish citizenship is really important for the process. Knowing what you want, what citizenship and residency requirements are for your child, and learning the steps evolved are really important parts of a surrogacy journey. And for more information on this nuanced topic, check out the citizenship webinar on the Men Having Babies webinar archive. Menhavingbabies.org.
1: Daddy Squared around the world. I'm Jan. I'm Alex. We're back from the men having babies corner, and before we go, um, something that uh, makes our parents' lives easier—our parents, our life easier—yes, parents. Um, I want to talk today about this show, Netflix show called Brainchild.
0: As long as we're not talking about this Netflix so it's show, actually called.
1: It's, Glitter Force. It's actually written to me. Brainchild versus Glitter Force oh, on Netflix. Let's because talk it's like about the it. opposites. Yes. All right. Brainchild is the show that you guys want your kids to watch. Oh my god! It's yes. So amazing. It's um. It's a lot about how the brain works in a sense where the kids are, our kids are fascinated by it. They've watched it already. They've watched the whole season. Like. Three or four times. I mean, already. what they
0: do is right. They they take real world things that you experience and that kids understand, and then they they use like um, little tests and examples uh, that help the kid understand how it's happening inside their brains. It's amazing.
1: Yes, it's it's really and amazing. And if your
0: kids are like, I think five years old or older, it works. It's great.
1: Yeah. Yes, and maybe even yeah, five, five, yeah, years five. Old. Um, and the the host. Let's talk about. Uh, Oh she's amazing. She, uh, she her name is Sahana Srinivasan. It sounds Wait, like Swedish. It. Let me see. It. Let me see. She's Indian it? and what I think is so amazing
0: Sahana Srinivasan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And what I think is amazing about about her and about this casting is that our kids get to see N- non-white girl or white boy in in right. a in a science area, right? Um, and and I think Netflix do it a lot. It's also happened with uh what's her name, Little Dollhouse, which is like a Latina girl, uh, Gabby's Dollhouse. Oh yeah. Um yeah that one makes me wretch though. Not as not as bad okay, as the other no, one we'll get to. The opposite of that. Also on Netflix. Okay, also let me can I introduce it? Okay. Can
0: I introduce it? Oh my god. So whereas Brainchild is this magnificent educational fun funny show uh demonstrating the the powerful mind of this uh, I believe she's Indian uh woman the other litter- one is a brain fart. It's not a great, it's like the most misogynistic, hateful thing I've ever seen. Okay, so these are girls with superpowers, right? Their superpowers involve, I'm not making this up, make up. When they want to convert into their superpower, they say, like, apply lipstick. Fuck you! Mm -hmm. I'm not even... I am a man who does not spend a lot of his time thinking about women's issues and feminism. But I watched this show, and I went outside and burned my brassiere. That was... It is horrible. And how dare they have that on television in 2021? Take that shit down. But first, watch it for a few minutes, just so (laughs) that you can throw up. Especially when they... when they
1: scream glitter force for happy endings
0: Uh, (laughs) they really do i seem to have missed that and then by the way every episode ends with the five glitter force girls dancing in a circle and like they're 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 girls and yet they're doing things with their bodies that really girls shouldn't be doing and certainly they're all white
1: and they're They're all smoking hot they're
0: japanese as a matter of fact i think it's originally a japanese show but it should have been blocked at the border Anyway, Glitter Force is the show that you don't want to watch and you don't want your kids to watch. And Brainchild is the show you really,
1: really do. Yeah. Alex, thank you so much for your very, very prominent opinion this <laughs> As this you week. know,
0: I am a bit of a shrinking violet. I don't really like to tell people how I feel about things.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> That's it for us today. Don't forget to visit um, daddysqr.com slash Sweden if you want to know all the details uh, all the information that we talked about uh, about in the show, including link to Charlotte Pirelli. Other than that, we're going to see you next week. I don't make that face. I'm going to push Sir Charlotte Pirelli until death do us apart. Well,
0: okay. <laughs> I won't say it. Um, if you like our show... Please rate and review us in the podcast uh, listening you know, software yeah. of your choice. Um, Especially on Apple. The higher the ratings, the more people discover the show. And we really want people to discover the show. We think that it can be helpful and
1: meaningful. So take a minute. Not to- only for gay men, but also for straight people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And listen, if, if you think we're like three-star worthy... Uh, bump it up to five stars. It won't kill you. It's not a big deal. The tap, it's the same tap. You just tap a little further to the right. (laughs)
1: All right, Alex, we're going to see you next week. All right, bye-bye. Bye, Bye, guys.
0: Daddy, that's Q-R. We're going
1: to Sweden. Are you doing eat, pray, love?